I have often wondered, by what show of argument, the accusers of Socrates could persuade the Athenians he had forfeited his life to the state. For though the crimes laid unto his charge were indeed great, that he did not acknowledge the gods of the Republic, that he introduced new ones, and, farther, had debauched the youth, yet none of these could in the least be proved against him. For, as to the first, that he did not worship the deities which the Republic adored, how could this be made out against him, since, instead of paying no homage to the gods of his country, he was frequently seen to assist in sacrificing to them, both in his own family and in the public temples, perpetually worshipping them in the most public, solemn, and religious manner. What, in my opinion, gave his accusers a specious pretext for alleging against him that he introduced new deities was this, that he had frequently declared, in public, he had received counsel from a divine voice, which he called his demon. But this was no proof at all of the matter. All that Socrates advanced about his demon was no more than what is daily advanced by those who believe in and practice divination. And if Socrates, because he said he received intelligence from his genius, must be accused of introducing new divinities, so also must they. For is it not certain that those who believe in divination and practice that belief do observe the flight of birds, consult the entrails of victims, and remark even unexpected words and accidental occurrences? But they do not, therefore, believe that either the birds whose flight they observe or the persons they meet accidentally know either their good or ill fortune. Neither did Socrates. They only believe that the gods make use of these things to presage the future. And such, too, was the belief of Socrates. The vulgar, indeed, imagine it to be the very birds and things which present themselves to them that excite them to what is good for them, or make them avoid what may hurt them. But, as for Socrates, he freely owned that a demon was his monitor, and he frequently told his friends beforehand what they should do or not do, according to the instructions he had received from his demon. And they who believed him and followed his advice always found advantage by it, as, on the contrary, they who neglected his admonitions never failed to repent their incredulity. Now, it cannot be denied, but that he ought to have taken care not to pass with his friends, either for a liar or a visionary. And yet, how could he avoid incurring that censure if the events had not justified the truth of the things he pretended were revealed to him? It is, therefore, manifest that he would not have spoken of things to come if he had not believed he said true. But how could he believe he said true unless he believed that the gods, who alone ought to be trusted for the knowledge of things to come, gave him notice of them? And, if he believed they did so, how can it be said that he acknowledged no gods?